Mansfield 103.2 Sport with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com It's the start of your sporting weekend. This is Sports Talk. Good evening and welcome to our weekly look at local sports on Mansfield 103.2 with me Jason Harrison and Tim Morris. Well ahead of tomorrow's home game with Yeovil we'll look back at a week for Mansfield Town which has seen them drop out of the League 2 playoff spots but with 12 games to go they're still in touching distance of the top 7 and captain Lee Collins says they're there on merit. The squad the gaff has put together I knew we wouldn't struggle. I was insulted that we were favourites to go down but Obviously, we've proved a lot of people wrong and proved ourselves right. We'll also celebrate 25 years of Mantletown football in the community and hear from former Stags assistant boss John Gannon, who's admitted it wasn't a surprise to him that the club ended up for a while in the conference. Well, it was disappointing, but I think the club had been through a hell of a lot in the previous way things were run. It didn't surprise me, no, not at all. Um, but it's glad to see the club recover and reclaim its spot back in the league and they can push on. We've also got non-league football, futsal and darts over the next 90 minutes, as well as Morris's minute moan, the sports top predictor and the Mansfieldtown Weekly Prize draw, all between now and seven. So let's get underway on Sports Talk. Very good evening and welcome to Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. Hope you're well. Tim Morris is also in the studio. Good evening, Tim. Evening, Jason. Do I sound all right to you? I sound a bit tinny on this. Yeah, very, very tinny. Oh, well, try and sort that out as we go across. Ian Watkins obviously sabotaged the studio as always, uh, just so we're out at seven, ready for the uh, 80s school reunion. Uh, Right, we're going to talk darts very shortly, uh, but we have got a busy day of sports action already taking place today. Let's find out what's been going on with the latest sports news. We start with Mansell who will need to be on their guard, despite facing opposition that's 21st in the League 2 table tomorrow. Yeovil come to the one-call stadium, having lost just once in their last eight games, leaving Stags boss Adam Murray to say it'll be a tougher match than against anyone in the top seven. And Captain Lee Collins agrees. When we played them down there, I thought they were a good team. They played well. We pinched the points the last minute, if I remember right. But yeah, I think they're in a good run of form. I think they've lost three games out of the last 15. I've got a friend that plays there. He says that they're playing really good football. They're just not getting them up the green, really. Meanwhile, there's been a change of venue for Mansell Town's youth team match tomorrow morning due to the bad weather. The Football League Youth Alliance game with Rotherham that was due to be played at Clipston will now take place at Brooksby Melton College. Kick-off there is at 11. The Stags could return back to the top of the North East Division with a win. Further afield, England will play home games away from Wembley for the first time in nine years as part of their preparations for Euro 2016. Richard Newman has more. The last time England played a home match away from Wembley was in a defeat to Spain at Old Trafford in 2007, but two friendlies are heading north. The home of Manchester City will stage a game against Turkey on the 22nd of May, a day after the FA Cup final. Five days later, Roy Hodgson's side will take on Australia in Sunderland. They'll return to Wembley on the 2nd of June against Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal before heading to the tournament in France. There's action tonight in rugby as Nottingham look to keep their playoff hopes alive in the Championship. It's a must-win game as they take on Jersey at Lady Bay, kick-offs at 7.45. And it's the same in ice hockey for Nottingham Panthers who need a victory at home to elite league leaders Cardiff tonight to keep their title challenge going. It's the first of two games this weekend against the Devils, including the Challenge Cup final in Sheffield on Sunday. And Panthers assistant head coach Rick Strachan says all the focus at the moment is on tonight's match that faces off at 7.30 at the NIC. Well, it's the biggest game of the season. Right now, both teams are in a situation where you got to win. You know, Carver's probably in a little better situation than we are, but we got to win. That's the bottom line, and we can't think of Sunday. we got we got today to worry about, and, and that's all that's on our mind right now. That's your Mansfield 13.2 Sports Update. Tony Delahunty's back with your local news at the top of the hour. Sports Talk here on Mansu 103.2. Let's get live, shall we, to the mecca of darts. Well, it is for this weekend. It's Minehead. Dan Dawson's there for us. Good evening, Dan. Yeah, good evening. Uh, Minehead. Butlin's Minehead <laughs> in Somerset. The <laughs> only place in the world to get two major darts tournaments a year. This is practically the home of world darts nowadays. Uh, and what's it uh, got today? It's the UK Open, isn't it, this weekend? Yes, the Cole UK Open. So it's like the FA Cup of darts. We've had 128 players come here this weekend, 32 amateur qualifiers, and then 96 pros who these qualifying tournaments to work out the seedings so just like the FA Cup the big boys come in in the third round that's the mm. likes of 
Michael Van Gerwen and the world champ Gary Anderson, Phil Taylor, five-time winner. They're all entering the state. We've had the first two rounds this afternoon, so it's the third round tonight. And the key thing is, it's a f an open draw after each round, so anyone can be anyone else. So already this evening, we've got a tie between the world champion Gary Anderson and Dave Chisnell, one of the big hitters in world darts, a Premier League star. They're gonna, one of them is going home tonight. That's that's just how it is. So you know, we can see all kinds of weird sort of matchups thrown up as the tournament goes on and that's why over the years we've seen so many different players make it all the way to the final admittedly a lot of them have been won by phil taylor he's won five but we've seen a number of different runners up and that what makes it a bit a bit different this tournament you can see strange results and some magical runs from players who don't do that well in other tournaments do you like this format then dan i love it I absolutely love it. You get to see, um, I mean, you get to see the amateur players and, and, and some of these guys, they've all win a lot of games just to get here and they can mm. evidently play darts. Um, but you get to see just stories, really. There's a 20-year-old lad from Edinburgh who I'd never heard of before, a guy called Andrew Davidson. And somehow he's already beaten uh, Christo Reyes, who's had success in the World Championship. He's beaten Jan Decker, who's a, a lakeside semi-finalist. He finds himself in the third round. He's up against uh, Darren Webster. And the way he's playing, he could go on and win it. And who knows? It could be a magic weekend for him so look it's just got a bit of a different flavor from some of the other tournaments and because it's such a, a massive thing we've got eight boards all around this holiday camp one main stage and then seven others the fans are all drifting between uh, different bits of the action and you can tell when something great's going on because there's just a, a stampede of people just heading over to one board to see the climax of one particular match so look it's, it's interesting times here this weekend in my head does it make it a unique atmosphere as well because I, I presume people stay there for the whole weekend as well people that are watching as well. Yeah, it's, it's all packed out. Uh, I mean, you've got the, the players, a lot of the players will stay on site as well. They've got the fancy apartments uh, and then, you know, the likes of me and the rest <laughs> of the fans are in the, the, the typical... Five miles away, yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're quite close, but, you know, it's not quite the swanky uh, apartments that they get. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just it's just non-stop darts. It's a big darts party for three days. So, everybody's turned... I, I see guys literally turn up with two suitcases and one of them will be full of fancy dress outfits, because uh, that's what they're wearing over the weekend the other one might be full of like two crates of lager but that's basically what this weekend is for them it's a massive party with six sessions of darts with some of the best players in the world should be a great tournament and of course next week darts comes to nottinghamshire with the premier league in nottingham yes uh, the motor points and it, it's you know if you've got tickets for that that is a very very hot ticket because fr quite frankly over the last two weeks we've been treated to some absolutely outrageously good darts mm. uh, in the premier league and a lot of it has come from michael van gerwen uh, just last night he ended up throwing an average of 116 now that was good against peter rice but seven days before that he broke the world record for the highest average ever seen in a televised game of darts he didn't just break it he smashed it 123.4 and if he'd hit one dart at double 18 it would have been 133. The previous record was Phil Taylor. It stood for six years, 118. So, look, we are talking huge margins. It's like Usain Bolt when he smashed the 100 metres record. It is huge. And he keeps on doing this. So, look, anybody who is going to watch the darts uh, on Thursday night in, in Nottingham, they are in for a treat because there's a bunch of guys playing brilliantly. And Phil Taylor's one of them as well. Uh, finally, back to tonight, as you say, big games tonight. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, we do get to see uh, that... Chisnell versus Anderson game, which is the standout tie, make no bones about it. That'll be uh, the third one on the main stage. But we get to see MVG to see if he can carry on this ridiculous form. He's up against Ryan Harrington, the son of the great Rod Harrington, two-time world match play winner who's battled his way to get to the third round for the first time. Uh, Phil Taylor is on the way, second on against Aaron Monk. Aaron Monk, former world youth champion, he used to be an absolute Beefcake, You would not mess with him. Um, he's slimmed down quite a bit. He's still got some guns on him, uh, but he's played phenomenally well. Best game I've seen him play in a long while to make it through to the third round. And we're going to start with Adrian Lewis, the two-time world champion. He's on stage about 7 o'clock, I believe, is when he's going to take on the bear, Tony Newell, in the opening match on the main stage. But as I say, we've got eight boards. There is stuff going on all over the place so not just those four games to look forward to well then we'll, we'll let you go away and get something a bite to eat i'm sure we can get yourself ready for tonight's session and we'll speak to you tomorrow in saturday sports as well great stuff
Dan Dawson there live from Minehead. Um, you, you talk about the PDC tour at the moment. As you say, they had the Premier League last night. It's the UK Open this uh, next few uh, days. Then it's back to the Premier League next Thursday. Yeah, full this, on. Yeah. Yeah. But the Premier League last night, the game he was talking about, uh, Van Gerwen, it was an amazing game because the, the guy he beat, I think it was 7-2, yeah. he had an average of almost 110, I think it was 109, and he only had two <laughs> darts to finish in the whole match. And his average was very, very respectable. It's amazing. Crazy, isn't it? We're more like amazing. the we're more like the let's play for sport relief darts, yeah. aren't we? That's, that's <laughs> exactly. our standard. Hit the board, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> that would be a start, definitely. Yeah. But great to hear from Dan Dawson, and we'll have reports from uh, the UK Open tomorrow afternoon uh, during Saturday Sport. So when we come back shortly, we'll talk futsal. Is that something else? Have you ever tried futsal? Well, not, not futsal itself. Five I mean, side, everybody's played five aside, yeah. sure, surely, but not not futsal itself, as in the, the, that branding, etc. But five aside, yeah, because if you remember, I've talked about on the show once before, I got sent off. <laughs> one of the few people to get sent off on It's five one of Tim's stories <laughs> that he likes to tell at the end of a long yeah. night. Uh, yeah, we'll be hearing from Mark Burkett, a Derbyshire referee who's just come back from being an official at the European Futsal Championships. I know there's a lot of local sides as well. And then Manor School have got yep. a, a, a team in the a futsal tournament coming up shortly. Mansell Town also do a lot of futsal as well. It's a growing sport. We'll be hearing uh, Mark Burkett shortly. And then after six, we'll talk the Stags because we've got football in the community's 25th anniversary yeah, celebrations them, yeah. this weekend. Work, yeah. And we'll be talking also the first team after that defeat at Newport on the beach at Newport. And also ahead, uh, the game against uh, Yeovil tomorrow. Saturday, uh, Saturday sport from uh, one tomorrow. This is Sports Talk. And the time is 5.44. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. Don't forget tomorrow on Rivaled Radio coverage of the Stags at home to Yeovil Town plus all the rest of tomorrow's action, weather permitting, because the weather, Tim, <laughs> has been bad again today, yeah, hasn't and it? and it's going to get worse overnight. And we'll find out after the six o'clock news bulletin when Tim, who's uh, slagging off weather forecasters in the last show <laughs> with Ian Watkins, uh, will be doing it himself, showing how it should be done. Exactly. Well, we'll find out in about 15, 16, 17 minutes' time. But let's uh, talk uh, futsal now, shall we? And hear from a Derbyshire referee who's just come back from being an official at the European Championships in Serbia. It's a sport that's growing very quickly. Thousands of people watched the recent event, which was run, won by Spain. Uh, Mansour 103.2's Matt Freeman spoke with Mark Burkett and started by asking him about the sport. Futsal is obviously a five-a-side game. It's played professionally uh, in most other countries around the world, but we're just a little bit slow in terms of the uptake. But... Um, the difference, in, the difference in the game is that we don't play to walls, we play to a pitch. Um, so that's what we're, in England, we're traditionally playing off a, off a wall all the time. And differences between football, obviously smaller court, it's indoors, uh, more touches of the ball for, per player. Uh, the ball is heavier and yeah, much quicker game. Do you think maybe it helps develop football players as well? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's been proven. A lot of the Brazilian players play... Uh, street football and then progress on to futsal and then uh, then move into move into the bigger game so Neymar and then Messi have all um, kind of given their credit to futsal as their early development tools and Spain now is uh, producing those kind of players as well but for a futsal system through academies at very young, at very young. so uh, and we, we're, we're starting to try to do it over here in some of the professional clubs in, in this country. Yeah, an English name or a door, right? Wouldn't it to be honest? But uh, uh, yeah, it would make a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was reading somewhere that it is one of the fastest growing sports at the minute. Generally, I mean, why do you think it's taken off at the minute? Uh, a couple of things, really. There's obviously de- in in this country we have a decline of 11, 11 aside football. Um, so people are looking to either play outside the traditional footballing hours on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday morning. So they're looking for something a little bit more flexible midweek. And futsal obviously provides that. Um, it's less players per squad, so it's less hassle to try to get a uh, 15 players out every week. So we, you only need to have six or seven on a, on a weekly basis. It's fairly accessible. Um, it's a lot more enjoyable and, and you're not getting the grief that you do on, on, on some of the Sunday games and even Saturday games. Um, for, the, for the kids, the kids enjoy it because the game is fast. Uh, they're used to playing uh, a five-a-side kind of game any, anyway and uh, it's just an, an adaptation from that. So, And they get, again, more touches of the ball so they're not just left out on the wing or up front or in the centre-half not getting a touch of the ball for 60, 70 minutes. They're going to get... Uh, 50, 60 touches of the ball in 15, 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, which is going to bring them on a lot more technically. So the game's, gro- the game's growing uh, in this country. We've gone from 
uh, participation levels of around about three, four thousand to in excess of fifty, sixty thousand, and even more. I think uh, uh, with the FA programs. Yeah, and uh, and you've come back from refereeing the European Championships, is it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just come back from the UEFA European Championships in in Serbia. So uh, yeah, they run them every two every two years. A similar kind of um, championships to the football Euros. Um, so all the clubs, all the t- international teams qualify, and then there's twelve of the best uh, teams take part from group stages right the way through to the finals. Yeah, and how does that compare to I don't know, sort of football in terms of skill, and I suppose in terms of atmosphere as well. Uh, in terms of being on the on the pitch with a referee, and it's um, you're making decisions a lot quicker than a, than a football referee because the, obviously the pitch is smaller. Um, so what you would think of an advantage in football, where you've got not an eternity, but you've definitely got a couple of more seconds than what we have. We our advantages are, are instant, and it could be a goal or it could be another counter attack. So you're making quick decisions. Um, and obviously a lot of them because the contact is uh, between the players is a lot because of the smaller pitch. In terms of atmosphere, I can't say in terms of what it's like to referee in front of 50,000 fans in in, the, in this country. But I would imagine fifteen thousand fans in an arena um, with the echo and the noise um, kind of sealed in. Then uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And um, just wish we could have that every week over here. Do you get less mouthing off from the players than you might do in a football match? Or uh, the descent is the descent is much lower, yeah. um, mainly because the game is game is much quicker. So every time the ball is uh, dead, so kick-ins, uh, corner kicks, um, free kicks, the the teams only have four seconds in which to bring the ball back into play. So by the time someone's remonstrating over the decision and appealing against you, they've uh, potentially conceded a goal because yeah, the ball's back in play quicker than they can probably get the first lot of words out. Yeah, Derbyshire ref there, Mark Burkett, talking about futsal, which is becoming more and more of a sport. And uh, as you say, yeah. it used to be five-a-side, didn't it? But it seems now that futsal is taking over a little bit. Yeah, particularly in in Europe, if you like, in terms of spectators watching it in this country, as I said, there's more and more people playing it. Mm. I had a quick look when I knew we were going to be talking about it, you know, for the European Championships, Kazakhstan. Yes. One of the top uh, <laughs> top teams, amazing. But when you actually... prices like Spain and all... Uh, have that's right, Spain, it. Portugal, yeah, Germany and Serbia, I think, because they obviously hosted it, didn't mm. they, this time? And they, they did really well as well. I think they scored with the last kick of the game in the semi or quarterfinals, which was quite exciting for the home fans, obviously. But, yeah, it's, it's a fast-moving sport, though. And, you know, it, it is... It, becoming, as I say, more of a spectator sport, and why not? It'd be shattering, it'd be like squash, won't it, I think? Yeah, exactly. On the lungs, won't it? Very hard work to play. Anybody who's played five-a-side knows, you know, it's not a doddle, it's the opposite, if you like. And we'll wait and see how long it takes for Tim Morris, if he plays futsal, to be sent off for some <laughs> challenge that you said that yeah. you never did. Well, I, I didn't. I, I stuck my leg out. I didn't deliberately mean to trip him <laughs> up as he, as he went by. If he didn't see my leg, that was his fault. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll keep that one going. Uh, well done to Mark Burkin. Thanks very much for, him for joining us this week and, and talking to us a little bit about futsal. We'll also be talking to Mansell Town in future weeks as well about their futsal programme that is uh, going on. But let's talk non-league football, shall we? Uh, Rainworth soaps of a not-senior cup final appearance were dashed with a 2-0 loss at higher-ranked Baseford in midweek. And speaking after that game, boss Julian Watts says he was proud of his players and it was further improvement from their weekend draw at Armthorpe in the NCL he talked to Mansfield 103.2's Gordon Foster I thought the lads did ever so well we've uh, we've obviously been struggling with form of late and, and Saturday was still uh, not quite uh, where we want to be or where we should be so it was important tonight against a very good team that we came out and competed and uh, we actually we, I thought we did that ever so well I thought the lads have put a great shift in and um, if I'm honest there was nothing between the sides and I think I would say we shaded it if I'm honest the only difference, uh, probably, we didn't quite uh, make the win count in the first half. No, but I mean, I think it's just more the chances we we had. I think two, three really good chances that we carved out first half, and again a couple second half where you know we really need to be finishing those when we're when we're coming away to a team like Baseford, who, who uh, you know they were a bit more clinical at the other end, and I think on the night that that's actually just been the difference between the two teams. You look at the. Uh, Difference in league status, uh, yeah, we're mid-table, Northern Counties, they're playoffs in Evo stick. So to match a team like that? 
Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's great. Um, we, we we changed the way that we played to, today, the way that we set up and defended, which and I was pleased they took that on board. I thought we looked far more solid uh, than we have done of late. I think uh, that's been one of the problems that we've had in the last 10 games in the bad league run has been the, the amount of goals that we've conceded. So I thought we set up a lot better and I thought we made it difficult and frustrated and, you know, they were arguing amongst themselves at half-time. Uh, and that's always good to see because you know you're doing something right and it was just unfortunate that when we came out second half they scored a quick goal and it gave them a lift and uh, you know from then on it was difficult um, but I still felt we came back at them it, it didn't affect us the goal and uh, just the second one just sort of killed it off if I'm honest but uh, I thought it was a great effort by uh, everyone involved for Rennes yeah. Special mention for your skipper Ricky Hansen moving into the middle of defence after Jack Andrews went off early. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ricky's one of those players, he's reliable and when you're looking around to uh, to put people in important positions or play them slightly out of positions, you know, you look at the uh, Ricky, who's very, very versatile, he's a great captain, great leader, um, didn't have any problem with putting him in there, I knew he'd do a great job, but he, he, he excelled tonight uh, against uh, two two very good strikers. And also a word about uh, the goalkeeper, Chris Gill, coming, uh, coming back in and playing well. Yeah, I mean, we, we I got a, a phone call at sort of quarter past four and Sam was unavailable to, to come. And, um, you know, so that, that was a bit of a late panic, but I phoned Chris up and, and he answered the call and, you know, what a great dig out that, that was for us and uh, he came in and he performed superbly. Superbly enough to keep his place on Saturday? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. We've now got three keepers to choose from, which I've not really had this season, so it's one, one for me to sit down and think about. Mentioning Saturday and Brigtown, of course, they are a little bit on the up after a bad start of the season. Yeah, well, I think they've recovered some players from their Evo stick days, um, you know, and they're, they're a much improved side to the one that we played uh, at the back end of 2015. So, uh, definitely not one to take for granted. And, uh, you know, and, well, I think, you know, looking at the league now, everybody seems to be picking up towards the end of the season some when they're in such a bad position that uh, you know they should get a change around in form to get them out of those bad positions and you know we need to be wary of that and I don't, you know, I don't think there's any givens now to be honest with you I think they're all tough games and uh, we've got to take them accordingly and, and do our best and hopefully come out and uh, sort of get some better results than we have been doing of late Just one last thing uh, Jack Andrews injury how serious? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest because he, he came off he, he, he'd sort of mentioned it just before we went out that he was feeling something in, it, in his quad so uh, he obviously wasn't comfortable with it and rather than you know make the injury worse it was just the right thing to do to, uh, to, to make that change early doors and hopefully if we look after it he'll be back sooner rather than later there we go, Julian Watts uh, speaking to uh, Gordon Foster after the defeat in the Notts Senior Cup final in midweek. Base was United, who are the defending champions. They won it at uh, the One Call Stadium last That's season. That's right, yeah. No disgrace to go out to the, you know, them obviously on paper, a better team. I'm sure Julian would be happy, though, the previous three days earlier, four days earlier, they stopped the rot of uh, losing, didn't they? Managed to get managed to get a point and then put in a decent display midweek. Interesting what he's saying about keepers, though, ain't he got three in the club? <laughs> I've, I've lost count of how many goalkeepers they've had this season. Yeah, there's been a fair few. Uh, Rainworth haven't won a league game in almost two months. That's yeah. unbelievable when I looked at that this afternoon. Yeah, they have fallen away slightly, mm. haven't they? You know, But there's been various reasons for that, you know, unavailability of players as well as injuries, suspensions, etc. that always kick in. They'll come back next season stronger for it. Clipston, meanwhile, go to one of the title challenges in the NCL Premier Division tomorrow. Hands with Paramore, uh, weather permitting. There is a pitch inspection for that one. Clipston, new boss this week, Billy Fox. He's an experienced man at uh, th that level of football, yep. so you think it's a good one there. Truscott, well, Jason Truscott, who was caretaker, uh, will be his assistant. Yeah, well, which is great news because he's, I wouldn't say he stabilised the ship while he was caretaker because he, he, he wasn't, uh, he didn't need stabilising, but, yeah. you know, he, he kept it going, kept it ticking over. That's right, Jason, yeah. yeah. No, no, no disgrace whatsoever and I'm sure he'll do a good job alongside the new man and as you say experience is key at that level mm. Other ones tomorrow Alfreton's 13 match unbeaten run went in midweek yeah. in the last gasp uh, defeat at home to Telford they're away at Staley Bridge again uh, that one's subject to uh, I think it's a 9am pitch inspection yeah. there's been a lot of snow there's a lot way. of wet weather up there yeah. and there'll be some more overnight I'll be very surprised if that game is on Yeah other games tomorrow AFC Mansfield at home to Hull United uh, Shybrook are at home to Grimsby Borough both those sides looking for uh, a promotion place in NCR Division one Tevisal away at Lincoln Moreland's Railway uh, South Norton Athletic away at uh, East Midlands at Counties League so we're getting into the business end now aren't we yeah and interesting I think for me last week AFC another win they're mm. really really going for it aren't they I mean Shybrook lost but that was you know no surprise if you like it was was it the leaders it was the leaders Hemsworth, Hemsworth, so got about 1500 in a row exactly so you, you know you, you write that one off don't you just important yeah. to bounce back yeah well we'll keep an eye on all the non-league sides tomorrow in Saturday sports our programme starts at one we'll have uh, previews from some of our matches 
is uh, the ones that go ahead at 2.20 tomorrow. We'll keep you up to date with everything uh, that is going on throughout the afternoon. Quick break, uh, quick news uh, bulletin now uh, coming up. And then after that, we'll get the weather with Tim Morris. Find out what's happening, uh, whether it's going to be sunny. No. No. <laughs> Rainy. Yes. Windy. No, not particularly, to be fair. No, no. cold. That's oh. one thing for certain. More details shortly, and then after that we'll start talking the stags, and we'll be hearing from Captain Lee Collins next. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Sports talk here on Mantle 103.2. On the ball means we're on to the stags. Definitely. And we've got loads coming up. We'll be hearing from Lee Collins, Mark Hemingway, Director of uh, Mantle Town Football in the Community, and former assistant boss John Gannon uh, was back at the One Call Stadium. A rare time since he uh, last, well, he left in 2004 yep, as assistant. A real blast from the past. Yep. And we'll be hearing his thoughts about uh, the stags then and now and his time with football in the community. And we'll also be looking at the news of the week as well, which includes Craig Westcar departing to Southport for the rest of the season. So we'll have more of that shortly. Well, first, let's go back to last Saturday, shall we? Mantletown enjoyed a trip to the beach last weekend. Uh, sadly, it wasn't a visit to the coast, but to a heavily sanded uh, Rodney Parade to take on a relegation-threatened uh, Newport County, uh, who took the points in what was ultimately a disappointing game. A year now, just inside the penalty area, tries to play it towards goal. Stags can't defend it. Wilkinson shoots one handed save by Shearer. Stags there failing to clear their lines. Alfe throws it short. Clements gives it in back. Clements goes down, play continues. Alfe with a good looking ball. Daniel heads it forward, but it's a weak header and it's claimed easily by Dave, the goalkeeper. Wilkinson, good pass picking out Byrne. 25 from goal, he shoots just wide of the left post. Given away carelessly by Alito. Now it's on the edge of the D. Shot towards goal off the post there by Matt Green Day was beaten that's the best chance for Adam Murray's Mansfield side and it comes on 38 minutes half time it's Newport County nil Mansfield Town nil Stags win a free kick 15 yards inside Newport territory Benning drifts it in towards Tafazoli who's peeled away Tafazoli heads it in but the flag is up for offside Tafazoli is offside the goal will not count Bowden with a neat ball in Stags attempt to clear Alito near the penalty mark shoots Almost off the line there by Collins. Bowden, very deep collecting. That's a good ball down the line. Barrow, two awaiting the cross. Stags have numbers inside the 18-yard area, though. Pull back for Byrne, who shoots. Only as far as Collins, it was mishaped, that was. But now it's Holmes who shoots from distance. And from 25 yards, it's well wide at the right angle. Picked up by Clements, through the middle. 30 yards from goal. Mighty shoot. It's still Chris Clements, and he's fighting over. Chris Clements there on a real run through the middle, Continued on a post for about 20 yards before letting fly. Ayina looks dangerous, sends it to Wilkinson. Ayina into the penalty area, and Ayina, oh, what a miss! Kukowski on the goal line, what a miss! Mansfield Town have somehow got away with that. The goal was gaping. Kavanagh, 30 yards from goal, deep cross, not a bad one, headed forward, oh, and just wide. And the header there by Adi Youssef, just wide of the right-hand post. Hughes shooting from distance, shot by Bowden onside, and it's in. Was Bowden offside there? That's the big question. The goal allowed to stand. Bowden celebrating. The referee coming to the assistant to speak to him, as is Collins and Maguire. But the appeals for Mansfield Town will fall on deaf ears. Newport lead. Kavanagh, deep cross, half cleared. Could be a shooting chance for Clements. Oh, he stabbed it over the angle from a matter of 16 yards. There's the final whistle. Newport County through a highly contentious goal on 86 minutes. I've won this game by a goal to nil at Rodney Parade. So it was a defeat to the Stags, but Captain Lee Collins told me earlier this week uh, he wasn't prepared to blame the poor pitch for the scoreline. It was what it was expected to be. You've seen 40 tonnes of sand. Mm. You felt like you were playing on a beach, but like we've, we've all said, both teams had to play on it. Um, we, didn't, we, didn't, um, we didn't really play too bad. It just uh, The game didn't get any flow. Referee stopped it 
every opportunity going, and uh, it's just it's just a shame to lose it really. Does uh, does it change the way you approach the game as a player when you when you get a surface like that? What what sort of adjustments do you have to make? Because I say heavy on the when you're running, I should think so you have to conserve energy a bit more. You obviously can't pass the ball as well. To be fair, I don't think you get much time to overthink things like that. Um, if anything, it make, makes the striker's job a bit more difficult because they've got big centre halves coming up behind them and they've they've got to get hold of it on this bumpy surface. So. Uh, we probably just go back to the basics a bit more as a back line and uh, keep it away from our goal as much as possible. And it looked as though you are going to get away from there with a point and it would have been a deserved point, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say it was quite an even match, so I wouldn't say we, we deserved all three points, but certainly, definitely um, should have had a point out of it. You were there, you were one of the closest people towards the offside decision. Was it offside? Yeah, like for my, for my reaction, I, I was really angry about it not being offside and I still think it's offside um, but it must have been a tight one for him they get a lot of stick the officials um, but he's got Who's a job the players? yeah yeah and I was part of that but he's he's called it and it's it's done now so go on to the next game now of course on Tuesday night it was a full programme apart from Mansfield because the Stevenage game was played earlier on and results went pretty pretty decent for Mansfield didn't they yeah yeah like um, Northampton did us a little bit of a favour they could have could have done could have done them winning for us but um it's still really tight. There's, there's so much uh, competition for them four spots in the playoffs. Um, but I think we're well equipped to give it a good go. Yeah, it's so tight in there at the moment, isn't it? And you just cannot predict the results at the moment. No, no. Um, we got a bit of negativity aimed towards us because we had a few games in hand on everybody else. Um, but we've all said, as soon as we got the points on the board, at least we had the points on the board, they still got to go and win. And at the moment... The teams that are around us haven't gone and won them points, um, so it's it's levelling out now, and it's going to make a a great home ten games. The last the last straight, really interesting for yourself as well. Captain's role as well uh, has how's that affected you and changed your play? Oh no, um, I, it's it's never changed me. Um, I've been captain before. Here, yeah, I've been captain at another club. I like to think I live my day to day lifestyle in training, out of training, on the pitch as a captain anyway. So to be given the armbands just to an extra bit of credit but I don't change anything that I do I'm still vocal still try and organise I still demand more from players so it's, it's not much of a change No pressure no further pressure on you on that do you feel I mean there's a lot more responsibility isn't there no, As a senior pro I put a lot of pressure on myself every game anyway to um, be someone that <coughs> sets us off or influences other people so I think that's a captain's job anyway and I think I think we've got f- we got a, we got a team full of captains, really, especially with the senior lads. Uh, at the start of the season, of course, everybody was tipping the Stags to go down as one of the relegation favourites. You always knew, didn't you, at the back of your mind, we've got a side here that's good enough to be so far away from that and be challenging for for promotion or a playoff place. Yeah, the, the squad the Gaffers put together, I knew I knew we wouldn't struggle. I was insulted that we were favourites to go down, but obviously we proved a lot of people wrong um, and proved ourselves right. We know we got a lot of a lot of quality in there and. We've got a lot of strength in depth as well, really. Um, all of our bench, all of our bench could equally have started every game. Um, I think, yeah, we've done really well. Lee Collins there speaking earlier on uh, this week. Let's go through uh, the th- what well, a lot of things we talked about there with uh, Lee, uh, uh, Tim. Uh, first of all, uh, Newport County away. We said last Friday, didn't we? The Rodney Parade pitch was always a dog of a pitch. Well, yep. <laughs> and this one it took the biscuit, pitch. didn't yeah. it? Eh? It was a huge St Bernard of a pitch. Definitely, you know. You, you, I know we say it was the same for both teams, but you, you think the Football League or somebody has to lay down a minimum standard mm. for pitches, and that clearly wasn't one. You have to think, oh, it's the same for both sets of players what about the fans who paid a lot of money yeah. travelled you know from a long way in, in terms of going from Mansell to Newport to see a spectacle like that well it wasn't a spectacle was it you, know? oh, you say it's the same for both sides there but Newport knew what it would be like they so they'd been practising similar before yeah, they, right, they'd yeah. have been preparing for it all week knowing yeah. that it would be a bad surface Mansfield wouldn't have known how bad that no, surface was they'd have gone, gone crikey exactly Adam Murray likes to play football now doesn't he mm. he doesn't like the up and atom you know kick and rush football you know the physical side but as Lee Collins said there they had to get back to basics and yeah. if the ball's in your half clear it get rid basically <laughs> but it's the same I go back to the fans you know pay a lot of money mm. to see what not a spectacle yeah well it's always been the same Ronnie Parade but I've never seen it as bad as that no. and I think even the home press were oh, saying they, this they, is the worst they've right, seen yeah. it 
So and, and then of course you know to, to rub salt into the wounds if you like of that you go and get a, what was people who've, who've been there and watched it and the players and the manager all said was a terrible decision that cost them one point inconclusive from what we can see yes, that's the thing that's though. definitely yeah I mean, uh, on the footage because but the, the camera only really gets to Scott Bowden when he's received the ball so you don't right. see it when the ball's passed uh, through you know, or deflected through sad that I am you know you tape it and you rewind <laughs> it back a few times frame by frame and you think you know was he wasn't he but like you say you couldn't really see from the television coverage no, uh, Wickham, by the way, go to Newport tomorrow, one of the uh, Stags playoff uh, yep. hopefuls and rivals, so uh, you would uh, hope that uh, they have the same pro- sort of problem, but it's yeah. getting out there more and more, how bad Everybody would have seen it, they'll, they'll yeah. have obviously had somebody scouting the previous game, you know, the Stags game, so they'll, they'll be prepared for it, like mm. you say, we weren't really. Main story this week was Craig Westcar going on yep. loan to Southport until the end of April, the Stags do have a recall clause in that for the striker, but it's no surprise really, he's not figured since the beginning of February. No, he's strange. He's not even been, not even been on the bench, no. has he? That's right. It's strange. You know, the first half of the season, if you like, he, he was one of the, I wouldn't say first names on the team sheet, but he started an awful lot of matches and it was people like Beardsley, if you like, mm-hmm. who, who weren't to be seen for one reason or another, injuries, etc. And then all of a sudden, after Christmas, it's like he's completely turned around. But with his pedigree, with his background and his career record, I expected more from Craig Westcott to, to make more of an impact on matches than he has done. So it didn't come as a disappointment to you when you heard? No, not a disappointment. And obviously it's sensible that he can come back if we get injuries and suspensions up front where we, mm. need, we need another body. You just wonder financially, was it a requirement for bringing Junior Daniel, Daniel back? That, you know, a body had to, had to go out of the club? I don't know. That, mm. that could be way, way off the mark. But if so, fair enough. You know, in, we're not at the moment going to miss him. And uh, we heard from Lee Collins there, got the captain's armband. Are we beginning to see Lee Collins now, what he can bring to the side? I know some fans still probably a little bit unsure about him. I think he's been very, very unlucky. He's been, for me, whenever whenever he's played, he's been one of the most consistent players. Mm. The problem is because he's played out of position an awful lot of the time and so he's been criticised by some fans. He's not, although he has played there before, a right back, if you like, not really. In one game, I think, for me, he particularly got caught out, you know, and probably cost us a goal. But, as a centre-half, he's on a par with Tafazoli and Pierce. there's no doubt about that. Had he not been injured at the very start of the season, I'm sure he would have started the first few games, and either Tafazoli or Pierce wouldn't have done, and who knows what would happen then. He'd probably been an ever-present for the season. Interesting to hear what he says about being a captain <laughs> off the pitch and at home as well, I mean, he's it? a right bossy boots at home then, <laughs> Most isn't definitely, he? definitely, yeah. But that is what Adam Murray said in the summer. He brought him as a leader, you know, mm. to build the defence around him, if you like, and I think we'll, you know, it'll only get better and better and next season we're, we're going to see the real Lee Collins, if you like, right from the word go. Sports Talk here on Man 2 103.2. When we come back, we'll uh, celebrate uh, football in the community, celebrating its uh, 25th year this year. We'll be hearing from director Mark Hemingway about what's been a fantastic uh, charity-led uh, scheme at the club uh, since, what would that be? 25 years, 1991. Yeah. Good Is that math. right? Good maths, yes. Yeah, you see. Rachel Riley, eat your heart <laughs> out. Quick break when we come back. More on Sports Talk. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2 and something that's been going on as long as I can remember is football in the community, Tim, yep. as well. I mean, if I'd mentioned football in the community to you, I mean, what, what would it mean to you? Getting the Stag's name out there, getting youngsters involved, if you like, into you know, bringing them into the club you know, the, the earliest opportunity and you know you go back to the dark days of Keith Haslam but football in the community was still a shining light when nothing else was right at the football club mm. football in the community was yeah well it's celebrating its 25th year this year that's a quarter of a century of helping the area's youngsters through sport and director Mark Hemingway has been a part of the scheme the longest I started in December 92 mm. so uh, Dave Bentley and Tommy Watson they started it in 1990 and what was it like then? They were very basic, to be fair. Uh, you know, we had a contract signed with the football club saying that there wouldn't be any financial burden to them. Uh, we had to buy all our own equipment and, and make relationships with schools and, you know, just starting it off. Very different to what it is now. <laughs> Has yeah. it been a battle along the way as well to try and, and get the funds and get the recognition that you would like? Be truthful, it has, yeah, to be fair. You know, we're a self-funding organisation, a charity, so we have to generate all our own income. And like I said earlier, we don't want to be a financial burden to the football club in any way. Mm. So, yes, it has at times been a struggle, but well worth it. But when you come in now and you see it, uh, and you think back to 25 years, there must be pride with everybody that works here. There is, yeah, and uh, to be fair, that's what it's all about, good staff. Mm. I've got good staff and they've been here years, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, been, it's good. 
Yeah, and just to talk about a few of the things that you're doing at this moment. I mean, you're really reaching out into the community and doing a lot of different projects. Yeah, we do a little bit of projects in uh, four key areas, which is education, social inclusion, sports participation and health. There are three main areas. Mm. And so what sort of things are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis then in those areas? Well, if you take the education side, we do a two-year uh, BTEC Sports Level 3 ex Extended Diploma. Uh, which is tied into futsal. Mm -hmm. so it's a two-year course, and they're, they're here at the moment. They're aren't they? here at the moment. Yeah, they're here them next door, and they're playing a games program every Wednesday up at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got three teams. Two teams are sitting at the top of the respective leagues, and the C team is about mid-table. So they're doing well. So what are you doing to mark the special occasion then? Well, we're going to celebrate the full 25 years. So we've got coaches coming back from when it first started right up to present day. Uh, so you know, I'm getting all the old photos out, having a few videos on the show. Got all our trustees coming and sponsors, etc. A few of the youngsters that have come through the system as well? A few of the youngsters that have come through the system. I'm hoping Jack Thomas is going to pop mm. up. He used to come in our courses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've got a... Is it a lunch at the, the game on Saturday? Yes, we're meeting in here about quarter past twelve. A few drinks, chat, mingle, get to know everybody. And then we're going up to the bar and having a arbiter hospitality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, the amount of drive that you've had to have personally and the people that work here, it's phenomenal, isn't it? It's, it's a 24-7 thing. I suppose it takes over your life a little bit. It does, to be fair, but it's, it's enjoyable. You know, and it's not all about me. There's been a lot of people mm. here over the last 25 years who's played a massive part in it. It just, it just so happens that I've been here every <laughs> year. Been the constant. Yeah, <laughs> I've been the constant, yeah. But uh, there have been some nice people. Mm. Yeah. And what are you hoping to do now? What do you want to do to take it to the next step? Well, we're working very hard now to take it to the next step. Obviously, we've got nice facilities, we've got good staff. I'm looking to recruit all the time, but only certain people. Uh, we're just looking to improve and make it a real good community scheme. Yeah, and hopefully as well keep integrating further with the club and move further that way. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. Bottom line is for me is to get these young kids interested in the club, get them along to games with the parents, and... Uh, through different activities. Yeah, and looking 25 years in the future, I don't know whether you'll still be here as the constant uh, here or you'll be retired somewhere nice and, yeah. and enjoying yourself. But I, th I think I'll be gone before next 25 years <laughs> celebration, yeah. There's a bit more snow on top than when you start, I there should is. think. There's a lot more snow on top, let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as you go through it now, it's, uh, as I said, we came through and we see it full of kids here. Uh, that's what you want it to be, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah, we want it for. We want it to be the hub of the community, you know, we want to put some good activities on, not just football, but trips, and get everybody interested in the club, get, get a nice atmosphere and an interest in it, and especially on match days, we want to help create that atmosphere, what's been a bit lacking over a few years, and we think we play our part in it. Yeah. And finally, if people want to get involved with football in the community then, how do they do it? First of all, if they've got children themselves, uh, is it straightforward? Well, we're in process of having our own website done, mm -hmm. but they can go on the club's website and find us on there, or they can call into community community room everybody's welcome to call in pick one of our flyers up on various activities mm. and uh, get involved that way is there any sort of stipulation or anything for anybody that can get involved no no stipulation whatsoever we're here for everybody mm. and if anybody's got any ideas what they'd like us to help them with come and talk to us about it they're sort of hidden away a little bit because they're right on the main stand you have yep. to go all the way down to the the bottom end near where the uh past the kevin bird suite past, entrance yeah. and, and the, it's the last door on the right and when you go in it yep. sort of hits just how great it is and they think wow what's all this in here yeah. it's, it's just fantastically furbished and, and it looks really great and it just shows that how much it has grown in, in its time it's been there yeah and that must be well, you know, it must be amazing for Mark Emery you know when he first started as I said earlier in the dark days of Haslam you know and he had to fight for everything no mm -hmm. doubt you know as everybody did at the football club and wouldn't have had any help whatsoever to now be working with somebody who wants the best and has the same aspirations as in to make the football club part of the community it's just a win-win for both of them and interesting isn't it you know, people like you say are so interested in Mansfieldtown Football Club now partly through the work of Mark Hemingway and he's, he's kept it going for all those years yeah just think now he's probably seeing he's been there 25 yep. years he'll probably be seeing kids of people that were there that's originally. right bring, bring, bringing their own children back yeah, yeah which, which is fantastic yeah mm. and what about for mansell town is it whole i mean the whole point of it is now to try and make it a community club isn't it that, yeah. i think that's what uh, john radford has always said he wants to be part of the community adam murray always says look we try and get the whole town involved we want to get everybody yeah. to get involved and, and you've got to do that at league two level haven't you it's the, it's the only way to bring in you know you've got to bring income in somehow haven't you mm. and you can't bring it in just on match days although obviously you want to increase that if you can and having the football community and bringing youngsters in on a match 
essentially is going to do that. You've got to have things all going on all the week. You've got to have your catering, which they've sorted out. You've got to have your function suites. They've sorted that out. I suppose one day now, the only way they can really extend it now is to develop the Bishop Suite stand at some point. I'm sure they will do as well. Thanks to Mark Emery Ray for inviting me in this week to see it as well. We managed to speak to John Gannon, who was a well, former assistant boss. Say, he's st- that's where he, he was taken from, wasn't it, when mm. he then became assistant manager? Yeah, he started in football in the community, then became Keith Curl's assistant. We'll be hearing from John very shortly. He popped in this week. He can't make it tomorrow because, of I think, of his work. Uh, he's uh, yep. uh, probably out scouting somewhere. <laughs> uh, so we'll hear from John Gannon shortly on football in the community, on his time as Mansell Town assistant boss as well. In what was a turbulent spell, should we call it that? <laughs> it was always turbulent, no, most, wasn't it? Most definitely. And uh, we'll be hearing from John shortly. We'll also have the weekly prize draw results. We've got the Morris Minute Moan coming up. It's about referees. referees. Yeah. Sports talk predictor this week. Uh, woeful by us all uh, this week, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, but myself and Tim are now beating the random number generator. You, <laughs> <laughs> Only just <laughs> in, your, in your, t- yes, your, yeah. your, uh, your part of it, though, Tim, sadly. But uh, you've not even given me your scores this week. You yeah. have done the last few weeks. So you're, you're beginning to take this seriously I now, am, aren't yeah, you? It's the business end of the season, as the old cliche says. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. Exactly. It's just like Adam Murray with his uh, with your form- formation. She's That's not right, yeah. Letting anything Wait away. Wait till the last minute. So we've got more of that Sports Talk predictor coming up shortly as well. When we come back, we've got this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize Draw Results, sponsored by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. That's after this short break on Sports Talk. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com <laughs> Welcome back to Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. It's that time of the week again for this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize. Draw results sponsored by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. 15 prizes this week. The full list again will be on the club's official website, mansfieldtown.net. First of all, a bottle of wine from Mansfield Manor uh, goes to 487. That's Derek. Bottle of wine courtesy of Mansfield Mobility Centre, 355. Tracy, a free round of golf for one person at Mansfield Golf Club. It is 471. Jack O'P has won that this time round. A Mansfield Town Football in the Community Voucher goes to 105. Bar Barbara B. A family pass for Water Meadows in Mansfield, 459, Stephen Marshall. A meal voucher to the value of £15 at the Black Bull in Mansfield, 384, that's Jake. A meal for two at the Railway Inn in Mansfield, 158, Mrs Sweeney. Two bar meals at the King's Arms Pop Inn in Mansfield, 482, Ian Bacon. A £10 Indian Mint Mill voucher from the Mint Indian Restaurant in Mansfield, 368, that's Stano, Shane and Dave that won that. A Sunday lunch, which is two courses for two people at the Lakeside in Plesley, 560. David Nuttall. A £20 meal voucher in the Crown and Nanka Barn restaurant in Mansfield. 140 is this week's winning ticket. Mr M has won that this week. Well done, Mr M. £25 voucher for Frankie and Benny's. 496. That's tricky. Top three this week. Meal for two voucher in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar. That's 351 Phil Strouder. Two match day tickets go to 372 Paul and Debs. And first prize this week, £175. And that goes to ticket number 385. That's 385. And that is Hugo N. That is Hugo N, who has won the £175 this week. Claim your prize. Simply call in at the Stags Ticket Office. You must have your winning ticket with you when you go. Or you can call 01623 482 482 to have your own regular number and play automatically from just £1 a week. That's this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize. Draw results sponsored by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. So there we go. That's this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize. Draw results. No win again for you, Tim, this week. Yeah, waiting for the big one. You're wanting the jackpot, aren't I do, you? The yeah, pay for a certain wedding. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. They're expensive beasts, aren't they? They are, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as we get closer to the time as well. Uh, don't forget, uh, tomorrow, by the way, if you wanted to go to the uh, Football League Youth Alliance match at home to Rotherham United, the Stags youngsters, uh, won't be played at Clipston tomorrow due to the weather. I think because the weather's pretty bad overnight yeah. as well, isn't it? They've That's decided to move it. Said a lot of heavy rain or sleet or whatever overnight, yeah. yeah. And obviously we had a lot this morning so yeah, yeah they moved it to Brooksby not in college so it's yep. far away LE14-2LJ if you want if plenty of that now if yep. you want to get there tomorrow 11am start uh, I think basically it's because they're on 3G services down there so yep. they know for sure they'll get they the game certainly on play. Yep. so that's what's happening there so the Football League Youth Alliance game for the Stags tomorrow uh, will now be played at Brooksby Melton College against Rotherham United and a win could put uh, the Stags youngsters back on top of the table so that'll yep. be good
Fantastic. Let's hear now from uh, former Mansell Town assistant boss John Gannon, who was Keith Curl's assistant between 2002 and 2004. He was back at this club uh, this week as part of the Football in the Community 25th anniversary celebrations, as that was where his time at the Stags began. I arrived in uh, 2000 and worked with Mark Hemingway uh, on the on the project, and fantastic couple of years. Really enjoyed it. Uh, gave me an opportunity to to search out my coaching qualifications, improve as a coach, and and give something back to the community. Yeah, it's a big part, and you look around it now, and you just see how it's grown since uh, the 15 years you were here. Yeah, absolutely. I think Mark's done a great job. He's really taken it forward, um, and you know the facilities have been much improved. And I think there's a much better relationship with Phil's with the club mm. than what was previous in my time. Um, and things have really gone forward, and uh, it's taken huge steps. For yourself, though, of course, you went from football in the community to becoming the assistant manager at the club. How did that happen? Uh, well, Keith Curl arrived, and the opportunity come up to. To, to do that uh, and I took that, that opportunity and that risk and uh, again it was very enjoyable we had uh, obviously a couple of years where uh, we had the playoff final and lost and uh, obviously as football does you you move on mm. moved on to another couple of assistant roles as in um, Chester Notts County and then was first team coach at Leeds for a short period mm. uh, and then diverted to a slightly different down a different different road into scouting and recruitment where I'm working now. Yeah, we'll talk more about, more about that shortly, but Mansell, Mansell Town now, you, you can look at it in the cold light today, 12, 13 years ago. What's your overriding thought of those two years when you were assistant manager? Well, it was a good club. There were some very good play, very good young players, and Liam Lawrence's and Lee Williamson's, and, and there were some good players. And uh, Unfortunately, we didn't get up that year, and, and as does in, in football, there are changes if, if, if achievements aren't met the following season. And, and change took place and, and that's why it's, it's very cutthroat in in the soccer manager business and and the coaches that go with it mm, Yeah, the playoff final is probably the most overriding memory what a, a heartbreaking day that was Well yeah, we had, the, we had the joy of the semi-final here winning on penalties and then we had the despair of losing on penalties so we went through all the emotions there in that year uh, fantastic experience for myself learnt a hell of a lot about uh, football clubs about how to run football clubs about management about coaching about players so great learning curve for me really enjoyed it and and um but unfortunately, you have to move on. Yeah, it would, it would talk about that now, of course. You, you went, uh, the, Keith Curl was the situation with the allegations of bullying and he got that done right for unfair dismissal in court, didn't he? He got that proved in the end that it was unfair dismissal. What was your whole point, thought of, of that? It left a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth, didn't it, the whole situation? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, when it's, a, it's a long time ago now, so it's, uh, it's, you know, it's hardly worth going over, really. But, you know, it's, um, you learn a lot and you see a lot of things. And, you know, you, you get you very very close to what happened um, and I, I left the club because I felt it was my, it was my duty and my right to leave the club over the, over things that happened at that time and uh, but it's a learning experience life and and I did enjoy my time I, in total I was here for four and a half years and, mm. and I'll, I'll, I'll always have fond memories yeah and you just felt didn't you that there was a team there that was worthy of it could have gone on to the next level couldn't it if, if it was all done the right way and everything like that you just felt it could have gone on yeah absolutely there were some very good young players who uh, you know it would have been very difficult to hold them because some of them have gone on to have good careers but mm. there, there was a really good base here some really nice lads Reese Day who I've, I've seen Scott McGiven yeah. boys that I've bumped into over recent years and you know they um, so there was some good players and yeah possibly it could have gone forward but it was it was never easy financially I think it was very difficult for Mansfield to compete um, and, it, and it inevitably clubs will come and buy your best young players uh, for yourself as well you, you kept as assistant for a, a while with a couple of other jobs you said I think you were close to managing Notts County here for a game against Mansfield weren't you at one point yeah I was work, worked with Steve Thompson at Notts mm. County and uh, and then obviously St Steve left the club and was sacked and uh, and the, the next one of the next games was to come here, which I was quite looking forward to. But then the change was made at, at top level, and it didn't materialise. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> football, isn't it? It's, yeah. Especially in the lower divisions, the turnover of managers and coaches is is crazy. Um, it's such a short short opportunity that people get to try and make it happen. Mm. Um, but that's the game. Just a bit. And Mansell, of course, then went into the conference. Did that surprise you? Well, it was disappointing, but I think the club had been through a hell of a lot. Over the over the years, you know, and um, um, in the previous way things were run, it didn't surprise me. No, not at all. Mm. Um, but it's glad to see the club recover, 
and and reclaim its spot back in the league. And you know, and I, I always you know have a look at their result every week. So you know, you hope that they they can push on. Yeah, Adam Murray in charge. Now I don't know whether did he play here while you were here? Yeah, yeah. you got him the second time he came, didn't you? Yeah, he was here. Yeah, yeah. Adam was <laughs> Do you here. Do you think it was managerial material? Um, he was a young boy, so he's he's still trying to you know. Um, Good young player, mm. um, but you just never know. You just, there's a lot of people in football who um, who you think were not not manager material, as you call it, who went on to be managers. You know, and um, you just never know. So you know, good luck. Yeah. And for yourself, of course, you mentioned earlier on you've gone into the scouting business. No, no smaller club than Manchester City. That's that's an amazing role to have. Yeah, I was very lucky. I went to work at Blackburn for a year scouting in Europe after I finished at um, Leeds United. Uh, opportunity to come to Man City and I've been there for seven years and mm-hmm. um, I'm abroad most of the time I do a lot of work you've got a good town it's, it's fading that's, a little that's bit, wind <laughs> that's, um, so I do a lot of work abroad uh, looking at the, you know some of the best games yeah. Champions League Europa Cup um, you know we're all out there chasing the, keeping an eye on the top talent in the world so and, and I'm fortunate to be part of that I suppose it can be quite a... Is it a stressful job or is it just enjoyable what you're doing now? No, travelling can be stressful with the amount that that I do, but, you know, you can't complain. It's Mm. working for a great club, get treated exceptionally well and looked after, and not because they got a lot of money, because they know how to run businesses and treat humans, Mm. um, and they do it exceptionally well. So, um, very fortunate. I've worked there seven years and I hope hope to remain there as long as they need me and want me. Did you manage to get a a ticket to Wembley at the weekend? Yeah, I had a couple of tickets for the game. Uh, my brother went and his son went which was uh, but you didn't go I didn't go no, no. just uh, I gave my two tickets to my brother and, and his son who's obviously a big football fan so trying to spread it around the family <laughs> uh, and for Man City of course it's going to be a time of change isn't it over the next few months with, with Guardiola coming in uh, what, what's your views on that is that is that going to affect your area or is it just such a big operation that it probably won't affect you well hopefully we've uh, been through a couple of changes in the ma- on the manager side and it hasn't affected us but you, you never know you uh, obviously I believe that um, uh, Pep Guardiola was very hands-on manager and, mm. and he'll have some ideas maybe about scouting and recruitment so we just wait to see but we're all interested and look forward to working with such a top manager Great to hear from John Gannon and to hear what he's doing yep. now and uh, it seems 12 years ago since uh, he and Keith Curl left the club always, Seems like yesterday Always yep. enjoyed speaking to John Gannon and he hasn't changed a bit Always positive always got time to talk football Yeah, genuinely a nice guy Yeah, mm. and he, you know, he definitely without any disrespect to the previous incumbents brought some professionalism to the, to the club along with Keith Curl at yeah. that time you know and he was just unfortunate that you know he was he had to go when Keith Curl went. You could feel the sense in there. He wouldn't it wasn't saying we could sense that the it must have been a frustrating time. Of course it to was. Be yeah, the, the, manager club, manager. the club wasn't run properly at that time. We mm. all know that. You know, budgets were very very tight, needlessly very very tight. There was no ambition to take the club forward, which we saw you know over that time over a period of years. You know, we all know that he must have known that, and he must have wanted better for the club because he, mm. he could see the supporters wanted better and. Coming from a background as he did, yeah, working in football and community, etc., and, and giving everything in all his time, it must have been so, so frustrating not to get the backing from the owner. As he said now, you know, with the terrific facilities up there, and he sort of alluded to the relationship between football and community and the current owners, you know, yeah. you know John Radford. It's chalk and cheese from back in 2000. I'm a scout at Man City now. That must be a, a well, cracking a hard, job. What a hard life, travelling the world, I think things have turned out well football. for John, don't you? Yeah, really nice. Yeah, so it was great to hear from John Gannon as well, part of the Football in the Community uh, anniversary celebrations this week. And good luck to him. Uh, and let's hope he does stay at Man City for a few years. Sounds like it's a cracking job. Even yeah. if got, uh, working for Guardiola, it's going to be Terrific. interesting yeah. times. Well, tippy-tappy football, would he? <laughs> <laughs> as Keith Kerr would have said, is that, is that really yeah, up the street? football, yeah. Yeah, no, they were against it. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, quick break when we come back. Final part of our show here tonight on the Sports Talk. Me, Jason Harrison and Tim Morris. When we come back, Morris's Minute Moan and the Sports Talk Predictor. Stay with us. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Morris's Minute Moan. I don't totally agree with him. It's just down to greed. Oh dear. Well, she's either angry or drunk. Dear, oh dear. Why are we playing this game? We don't need to play it. Dear, dear, dear. I would throw them both out. It's obscene. It's a disgrace. 
some people just moan for the sake of it. Final part of the show here on Mansell 103.2. It is Sports Talk. Morris's Minute Moan. 60 seconds dedicated to Tim Morris talking about something that has really been getting on his nerves this week. We know it's referees. Your minute starts now. Yeah, I could have had a go at the substandard Six Nations this week. Low on quality to say the least and teams obsessed with power rather than skill. But instead it's football. You know, something has to be said and done about the shockingly inaccurate decisions on the football pitch. I know this week UEFA said we're going to bring in goal line technology for the Champions League final but it's got to go much further than that I don't like to criticise referees but clear and obvious errors during a game have got to be overturned now that we've got the technology to do so particularly when play has already stopped the decision last week to send off Sheffield Wednesday's Forestieri in a vital game against Hull in the Championship was clearly a black and white case the only person in the ground who thought a second yellow and so a red card was correct was the referee supposedly he'd play a dive when actually he was clearly caught by the defender who apologised as he was sent off for the foul. It was crackers and to make it even worse, Wednesday couldn't appeal because it was a yellow card so they were punished twice. Madness, a clear injustice, something's got to be done bringing TV replays when the ball goes out of play. So in that situation then, in that, what, what would you want to see happen then in that one? In that situation, the player, player had already stopped, mm-hmm. he, he brandished the red card, second yellow red card, the fourth referee should have had a quick word in his ear or been allowed to have a quick word in his ear and say well actually we've replayed that decision you've got it wrong players already stops to say so you're not interfering with the flow of the game the player should have been allowed to stay on when the ball's gone out of play let's get it right mm. while we can do we've seen at the one call stadium this season one or two to say the least debatable decisions by referees the problem is you're going to get though is you're not going to get this at Stag's you know, level. and I understand that you know for the for the moment you can only do it where you've got the TV probably mm. championship European Premier League games but you know it, that's fair enough we've got goal line technology and we don't dispute the fact we haven't got, got goal line technology at the Stags but we've got it for England games for instance or whatever so you, you've got to start somewhere and you've got to start where you've got the technology. Perhaps in years to come, some money, some hope, perhaps will filter down the down the line so that it could happen at the stags and the mm. tower level. But for now, let's in the most important games at the top level. Problem is you've let's, got you know, get the decisions right. Problem is you've got though. You've got situations like that. There are, there are that one looked clear cut, but you're going to get yes, it's incidents it, which aren't clear cut. Well, well, then you go with the referee's decision, just like mm. you do in cricket. You know, umpire's call. If he's made a decision and they, they mm. can't decide, you go with it. I'm not saying stop play because I wouldn't want and for every decision but when there's a clear decision like that where you've got TV replays you've got a fourth official what else are they there for at times they could soon have a quick look and say you know better change that quickly well at least uh, Platini's not about because you know what his uh, solution would have been more referees (laughs) that's what you need more more eyes and more human uh, interaction and stuff like that but uh, the the UEFA of I think it was in Cardiff isn't it they've been meeting and they've been talking about uh, technology it's going to come in for the Champions League final which which is the the only way forward isn't it yeah yeah, well, we'll wait and see on that. But a good minute moan this week, although referees... Uh, I don't like to criticise yeah. referees, I have to say, but, you know, when, when there's a clear... You do on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> I'm sat next to you. You do like I, to criticise referees. I don't like to criticise them, but I do <laughs> criticise them, yeah. Fair enough, Morris's minute moan every week here on Mantle 103.2. We'll find out what will be getting on his nerves next week here on Sports Talk. Final part of the show, though, it is Sports Talk predictor time. A huge scientific experiment to see whether the <laughs> the minds of two men that have watched football for decades is as good at predicting football scores as just a random number generator, just throwing numbers all around the place. And yeah. I think at the moment... Uh, the inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, very much inconclusive. <laughs> uh, we have uh, four games every week. Uh, three points if you get the score right, one if you get the result right. Uh, last week it was shocking by everybody uh, I got one point for saying that uh, Plymouth would beat Notts County uh, you got a point as well Tim for saying that yep. Plymouth would beat Notts County Trevor our random number generator uh, got nothing although I, I should have got points because yeah. Liverpool hit the post in the Carlin Cup final when they that... you know, might have won in there was I, was, that, I was so close. That was that in the end we were on about it because we'd all gone different scores one two two one three yep. four. The uh, the the men in charge of the sports top to the federation, the SPF, uh, <laughs> said that it would go with the score after 120 minutes. So one one would have been the correct scoring outcome because it goes down as a draw yep. anyway. Uh, so it didn't nobody, nobody got any points. Nobody no. got any in that as well. Uh, let's uh, find out what's going on. Here's Trevor. 
Hello, Trevor. Hello. Oh, crikey. Pardon? Hey, you sound different. What's going on? I've been for elocution lessons. Oh, the good, rain good. in Spain falls mainly on the plane. <laughs> if Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers and so forth. <laughs> Do you like it? Mm, yeah, it's all right, I suppose. <laughs> I've also had a try at being female for oh. a bit. And also tried being French. But I didn't like it. Yeah, probably for the best. <laughs> Are you going to keep with it? Maybe. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I think he's got Trevor. too much time on his hands. Yeah, just a little bit. Anyway, let's get on with it, shall we? Let's go through the, the games this yeah. week. Uh, first of all, <laughs> it's the big North London derby. It's got even more significance and it's tomorrow lunchtime. It's Tottenham against Arsenal. Uh, I've gone for 2-1 this week. What do you think, Trevor? 3-3. Three, 3-3. Three. Three, three. What do you think, Tim? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. So you've gone for a draw as well. You're yeah. trying to keep Trevor at bay, I notice. Yeah. Uh, Derby <laughs> against Huddersfield. You first, Tim, this week. Uh, uh, what's this, this one in the Championship? I think finally, uh, Derby proved me wrong the other week. They won't win. I said they'd lose, so I'm going to say they'll win. 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. I've gone for 3-1. Trevor, what do you think? 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still not sure sounds about like Trevor. A, you know, sounds like a BBC radio voice now. Like <laughs> <laughs> too posh for yeah, us. Yes. Uh, Mansell v Yeovil this week. What do you think, Trevor? One, four. Oh, four one oh, to Yeovil. <laughs> oh, the new Trevor is really. Be sacked if Adam Murray is that. Oh, definitely. I've gone for two two. <laughs> well, I'm going for one one. You've yes. gone for one yeah. one as well. Yeah, Yeovil uh, in in good form. Yeovil yeah. one defeat in eight under the new manager. Yeah, yeah twenty first in the table, but that's a light because I think they were just adrift, weren't yeah. they? At the Amazing. Turn of, the turn of the Amazing. year, so uh, they're doing really, really well. And finally, the League Cup game, uh, the, the non-league game, I should say for this week. Uh, hands with Paramore against uh, Clipston. I've gone three one. What do you? Go for Tim. Uh, t- two nil. Two nil to Handsworth Paramount. Yeah, because the, yeah. they're going for the title. Yep. Uh, Clipston new boss Billy Fox. It might get the. Uh, you never know. Yeah, yeah, you get, get the managerial surge, bump. Yep. What do you think, Trev? Nil, nil. Nil, nil. Yeah, it's going to be an entertaining game at <laughs> yeah. uh, Sandy Lane uh, if it is uh, on, of course, uh, pitch inspection yep. tomorrow morning. Uh, with that, thanks, Trev. Goodbye. Mm. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, oh, well, right. so, is he gone? Is he gone? <laughs> What do you think then? What do you think of the new Trevor quite, is gone? I'm quite then? impressed actually. Nice yes? inflection, yes. Yeah. Nice voice, yeah. No, we'll, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> if he does well this week, he'll probably keep with it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But Sports Top Edits will have that every week here on Mansfield 103.2, going to the final uh, minutes and so of uh, the uh, show. Let's talk Yeovil, shall we? The game tomorrow. We haven't really uh, talked too much about it. No, the as I was saying, you know, it, if you look on paper, you know, they're near the bottom. Yeah, but they're not yeah, at the bottom of the form table at the moment. Quite the opposite. They're near mm. the top of the form table. An amazing turnaround under the manager. Because you say come Christmas everybody thought they were going to go back back into non-league which would have been a shame you know they had a real topsy-turvy ride if you like over recent years got you know probably punched above the weight but then I've paid the penalty for it eventually yeah Adam Murray said this game's going to be tougher than a game against the top seven yeah I, th- I think so Definitely, because they're an informed team. They're a formed team. You and know, the expectations and on the stacks, isn't it? The expectations on us to win. We've won the last two home games. We, you know, we, Everybody knows if we're going to be serious about staying in the playoff race, we need to win. There's going to be an awful lot of pressure on the players tomorrow. It, it was all right Tuesday night, wasn't it? Having to sit by the sidelines and watching the results yep. come in, things went quite well, to be fair. That's right. I mean, and even if, even if we don't get in the playoff, we still had a fantastic season. So I'd, in a way, I've said the pressure's on the players. Not from, for me, it isn't. It's a good I just, pressure, I just I enjoyed it. There yeah. is a pressure, but it's a good well, there pressure. there is, yeah, but just enjoy you know, we're not going to get relegated, and that's the big difference. This time last year, we were biting our nails and crossing our fingers, doing everything we could to get those points to stay up. And do we need the points tomorrow because we've got Wickham, Bristol Rovers, Northampton, Portsmouth coming up well, for the do, rest of March? Tough, we do, tough. We do on, on paper, but you know, last week we said, "Oh, we've got a great away record. We'll go and win at Newport." It doesn't <laughs> work like that. Sooner yeah. or later, we're going to beat teams in the top half of the table. Well, let's hope that uh, it starts later on after the game yep. against Yeovil tomorrow. Uh, and rival coverage here on Mansell One Hundred Three Point Two of the Stags against Yeovil. Tim Morris, great to have you with us again tonight yep, on Sports Talk we'll have more next week at Friday night from 5.30 from me Jason Harrison stay with us Ian Watkins is back with the 80s school reunion after the news at 7 good night Mansfield 103.2